All right, guys, uh, this is season two, episode one, and it's the Bird's Eye View with Series Imaging. Excited to be here today. Missing my partner, Keith Yamamoto, but I'm here with the good-looking Matt Ribeiro from Series Imaging, and um, kind of excited to have you today. Tell tell us a little bit, bit, but, but, bit, bit <laughs> about yourself and uh, what you do with Series Imaging. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to uh, to be here. Um, yeah, so I guess a little bit about myself. Come from a family farming background uh, out in the Modesto area on the west side. My dad uh, grew up on his uh, his family's dairy farm, and then after at some point, uh, my dad got done with college. His uncle gave him a little piece of ground and said, "Do with that what you want." and go from there. So, uh, planted almonds back in the early eighties, started there and then bought more ground, bought more ground and, uh, still have the dairy, still have the family farm. Really? Yeah. Okay, still dairy. Where at? So it's in Modesto. Yeah. It's out it's West side Modesto, kind of in between the kind of no man's land between Modesto and Vernalis Patterson. Got okay, it. So Is your dad run the dairy? No. So we, we do, we handle all like the farming, all the corn, okay. the oats and whatnot. Uh, my cousin, Larry Inderbitson runs the day-to-day operation. Um, my dad still handles things here and there, uh, commodity buying, purchasing, feed and whatnot. Cool. Um, yeah, the dairy is always, it's a cooler thing now, I think, because we could take my daughter, who's two and a half. And we, Sunday evenings, we'll have like family dinner and then hop in the Kubotas and zip down the street and we'll go feed calves and let I, her. I feel walk. you, man. So you got a daughter. I have a daughter. And you do have a wife. Cause I do I've have a wife. Her. Yes. What's I do. her name? My wife, Alicia, my daughter, Nicola. And so, uh, yeah, drug drug my wife who whose family is does a little bit of farming in Kingsburg as well. Um, so she comes from a kind of a that family farming background as well. Drug them out to to Modesto, and uh, you know she's kind of beat me up over our living in the country situation until the pandemic and COVID happened. I was like, hey, remember when you gave me a hard time about buying this house in the country? It's, it's paying off now. So. Yeah, my wife uh, drugged me to the city about mm, two years, three years ago, and slowly we're kind of coming back to the country. And like you said, I come from a dairy family too, and there's nothing more enjoyable than taking your kid out with the cows and just mm-hmm. learning that lifestyle, right? So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, just like you have you have this space, but then also it's kind of where we work, and so then it becomes... And work is work. Like we've kind of just talked before we got on here, like working on the ranch is not, you know, sitting in an air conditioned office and there's other days, certain days where you, to like today, where you'd preferably not be out in the middle of the orchard at a hundred degrees, but it becomes less of a job and more, you realize how much of a lifestyle and how, how much that's part of it, which is, you know, you know, working with series and still working with the ranch allows me to kind of take the best of both of those worlds. And I, I knew, you know, I went to Fresno State, got my degree in ag business. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I was probably going to end up farming and went right out of college, farm management for um, Raw Martella Farms uh, out in the Houston area. Yep. And so... That's uh, a walnuts, right? Yeah, a yeah, lot of walnuts. They have a big sure. walnut processor, grow direct nut company. Yep. And then they farmed uh, almonds, walnuts uh, in around the Houston area and then up into... Did some stuff in Sacramento. Now. But anyhow... Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do like full time, but I knew I wanted to stay in agriculture. I knew that community was where I wanted to be. Uh, it's all my dad's buddies growing up. They were all great dudes. 
it's kind of like, well, why, why do I want to leave yeah. this? And so, um, yeah, I, I worked for Martellus for a few years. Uh, my brother left the family farm to do some other work. And so I came back on and started working with my dad. And then we actually got approached as far as using series imagery as the service and uh, use it for a couple of years and thought like, this is like a great tool uh, that we can use. And yeah, eventually through a few conversations with, with the series folks, um, it's kind of like a, I'd call a consultant, but I was working with my rep to really, you know, she had a, a PhD in remote sensing and really understood the technology that series provided. But as far so, as yeah, give a little background on series as you keep yeah. going into why, why you went there where you're going there, but just a little, you know, background on series and how it came about. Yeah. If you know. So series, um, are, uh, our CEO and founder, Ash, was working with a consultant uh, firm in South America on sugarcane operation. So using this multispectral thermal imagery, um, they were using it down there. And uh, he was at, had gone to school at Stanford. And so being that pr- close proximity to like Napa Valley and then just the San Joaquin Valley itself realized like, hey, and it was kind of during the drought years as well. So understood like, hey water and resources or scarcity, this could be a tool that could really help help those guys. And so um, Series has been running for about seven years now, um, uh, primarily in, in California. That's where the lion's share of what we do is, but up in Oregon, Washington, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, all over the place, all over the world. Australia uh, had an operation in Hawaii. I mean, essentially what... Um, what has allowed us to really take off is the uh, the usability and the feasibility of the imagery. So essentially, what we do as series is um, you know it's multispectral imagery uh, over large amounts of acreage. But what that kind of boils down to is we fly over your fields and based on a few different metrics that we kind of came up with, we can tell you where you're deficient in water and nutrients, and we can tell you the root cause of it. Um, really, just give farmers transparency and coverage that would be almost impossible to do on foot. So, um, yeah, it's a l- little easier to do it with a plane than yeah. walking the field, huh? It's like, it's almost impossible to walk in the field. I talk to guys and, and you get some of these guys go, Oh yeah, I, I walk all 5,000 acres. And I go, well, you okay. must be in really good shape. Yeah. Some of them, actually the guy I'm kind of thinking of in my head was not in the type of shape where he could walk uh, 10,000 acres, but Look, even most of the Martellas, you know, is, is managing about a thousand acres, and and that got tough because ranches are in different areas, different irrigation systems, solid set sprinklers, micros, drip, different water districts, um, old plantings, new plantings. We had patched work together, and this is kind of I think for farming, especially in the valley in general, is you know planted 40 and then you bought the 40 next to you and you add that on, and maybe we're going to use the old system, and then not really understanding are we getting the irrigation coverage that we wanted. Um, So, you know, and then, you know, drones a few years ago were the big sexy thing. It was like, um, you know, well, everybody had a drone. Well, drones give you, you know, kind of a bird's eye view. And they're slow. And they're slow and they don't get the coverage, but they're really just kind of telling you how your vegetation more or less looks. Drones are kind of gone, huh? 
They're pretty, they have a small application uh, use, to, like smaller acreage, or if there's a specific subset of a ranch or an orchard you want to get more, maybe a more frequent view on. But yeah, they just, for the information that we can provide from a flight, um, you know, covering two to 4,000 acres in a three, four hour window is going to take a drone a week to do. Are you having water supply problems? If so, Water and Land Solutions can help. Water and Land Solutions is based on the ability to organize, manage, and understand the people they represent through effectively engaging with neighbors, regulators, agencies, and new partners to reach the stated goals and objectives. Water and Land Solutions are your go-to water experts. Reach out today at www.waterandlandsolutions.com. I've had a lot of those guys fly by night guys come by and it just i think the only thing drones are cool for is like making a music or video or something mm-hmm. like that right they're just i don't really see them in farming right now i it, it, it was hot like mm-hmm. you said about three years ago during the whole drought deal i farm a lot of drip mm-hmm. so they would be like oh we can find where your little leaks are and you'd be like well the, the leak's been there for a fucking week you know mm-hmm. like Thank you, but you just got me the information back after everything's dead. Now I can see it with my eyes, you know, so it, it's just a slow process. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's, it's okay, we've seen it. What can we do with this and what information this is really giving me? So, you know, one of the things that we do provide a series is, is NDVI, which is basically measuring canopy growth and vigor. And the way we color scale it, it gives you so much more of an articulate look at how your canopy growth and vigor is, is playing out over the field. Now that's great for telling you what's been going on, what's been happening. Our water stress data, so our thermal uh, based imagery is actually telling you, okay, what's going on right here and now in the field. And it's really affecting effectively measuring transpiration rate. And we apply the color scale. There's a you know, we're looking at 10% differences as you move from color to color. So a quantifiable measurement of saying, hey, you're, you know, you're 30% light in irrigation water to this specific area. And hey, based on this pattern, it looks like that valve that controls that area, there's something going on there. Let's go check that spot. So also in a time when, you know, labor is being that much more, you know, it's that it's kind of like the big, you know, bugaboo right now farming is how can we get labor down labor costs going up the hours guys can work before you start to kicking into overtime it's like how can we more effective use everybody's time right so if we can know when to you know where to look when to look and you know diagnose that on the spot versus you know running up a drone and seeing like oh that 80 acre section is is wilting and kind of looking pretty stressed versus we could have seen that in a flight two weeks ago mm-hmm. and showed you that you're, you know, plus, you know, you have drip. Can you tell if you're 15% off in, in applied water based on looking at a drip line? I no. can't. No. So think about deficit 15%. You, you can, but it, it's after it's too late. That's right. unfortunate. And I think, you know, at first when I heard about you guys, I was thinking, Oh, this is a great idea for, um, People that own ranches all over, right? That mm-hmm. and it is okay. So I'll get to that, but because I I have quite a few ranches in different areas, from Gustine to I don't know, just all over, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
And when you're having somebody else manage it, it's kind of like, okay, it's a, you know, a $15 cost for the year to, or whatever, how many times you're going to fly it to be able to watch, make sure they're taking care of everything. Because like when I go look at my ranches, I'm not going up and down all the time because it's far away. You got to go look at everything. You're just flying by and is everything going? Everything always looks good from the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when you get in the guts that is, is things right. Mm -hmm. Uh, A particular, um, thing that really caught my eye a long time ago, what you guys did for me is I put in a new system and I think you can remember it is the Montague system mm-hmm. and it was designed right, everything. And at the end of the year, we just had a massive dieback and it was like this perfect you. It was really weird. It was so perfect. It was like, I knew that it had to do with the drip system and we come out there, we found out we didn't calibrate everything right. And I think it cost me probably a couple hundred thousand. And I wish we could have caught it sooner. We caught it when we're harvesting. It's like the tomatoes just rotted. I mean, we're in a in a high valued crop such as tomatoes or maybe bell peppers or something like that. You're you're too late. And almonds you can come back, you know, to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Pistachios, I'm sure too. But when um High value crop like tomatoes. I mean, even corn. You know, you, once you get behind the curve, you're you're done. Sure, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're done. Yeah, and, and I, you know, to, to kind of speak to a couple of things that you know that having ranches kind of spread all around was the my dad and I's kind of reasoning for jumping on board initially was, you know, the home ranches are where we're going every day. Kind of got a good grasp on those, but we had you know a ranch in Waterford, which was at best forty five minutes away. By truck, and then we had another ranch in Waterford, or excuse me, Riverbank, another forty-five minutes away. So we had this triangle, and not everybody's going there. And so we thought, well, you know, at the very least, this will check our work. Um, and then we realized, hey, hey, we can actually make some changes, some decisions made off this. So where we had that kind of tough ground, like why don't we instead of putting the same amount of time as we're doing the kind of sandier ground to the to the east? Why don't we kind of like pulse that and then we'll see how those trees do. And, you know, we started losing a lot less trees. We kind of got, not to throw us under the bus, not to say lazy, but out of convenience, it was like, all right, we're just going to irrigate this all mm-hmm. together. And I think that happens a lot is you start farming to the average and you're just like, all right, it's, it's fine. We don't, you know, we don't have time. But I think now when you have a metric to really see, hey, you're really losing, you know, you're leaving a lot on the table mm-hmm. by not spending a little more time with this. Um you know, so that would be kind of a really practical use of the imagery. Um, and to your point, you know, something like tomatoes or bell peppers or onions or, or crops like that. Like I said, if you flub an irrigation on trees, you don't want to make a habit of it, but you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You flub an irrigation day like today, it's 100 degrees. You know, we get a week where it's 100 degrees plus uh, five, six, seven days in a Game row. Over. Game over. If you're light by 15, 20%, like, you know, that's, that's coming out of your pocket at, at the end of the day, because, uh, you know, it's just, it's such, it's such a more sensitive crop. What, what are you seeing? You've been doing this for, what are you, is this your third or fourth year with series? Fourth year with, fourth year using it, I think third year with them full time. Okay. Yeah. What is the, or maybe there's not the most consistent mistake farmers are making that you're seeing in the fields once you're flying? Lack of water, overwater, or valves not right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it comes back to how they're adjusting irrigation systems. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, things like that. I, I mean, it's just general distribution uniformity, not realizing how, you know, I think, the, the other, I mean, one of the big things with that is guys start getting these pressure regulating valves and pressure compensating valves and all these, I think, fail safes that you get in your head and like, oh no, I'm good because I have all these pressure. Comp-. Well, that's not really the case. And that doesn't take into consideration all the the sediments and things that are getting clogged up and, you know, you you know, is your drip tape running like it should. So just distribution uniformity up and down the state, everywhere we really work um, is fairly poor. And I think, can you, can you explain to somebody who's not, doesn't know what does DU mean? DU distribution uniformity would be the uniformity in which the applied water gets to the field. And so yep. um, we talked to, to growers all the time and we'd get that you know a lot of times we'll do like trial flights with guys and we look at that first flight and they're kind of thinking like no we're we're good perfect there like no problems there and then you go well you're you know it looks like you're about 20 percent off here and what's going on over here and what's this here and guys are going oh shit like i don't i don't know i should probably go out and take a look and turns out oh the manifold in there is all busted up and i guess i've been again deficit irrigating all season and now now looking at the trees, oh yeah, I'm I'm I am behind. So just getting water in the amounts that you needed to. Are you looking for a well-established consulting company to help with field monitoring? AgriValley Consulting has been around for 40 years. They specialize in identifying pest disease, weeds, crop health, and much more. Give Chris Morgner a call today at 209-769-2357. Have you seen a pattern with, I know you don't want to mention them, but irrigation companies that maybe it's been similar on that type of irrigation company that you've seen it on their fields because they're not designing the correct systems? Yeah, we see quite a bit of that. And I've been, got to leave names and, and companies out just for, for this purpose. I'll tell you later. Yeah. Um they're definitely not central irrigation yeah, systems. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm out there, I'm talking with these guys and they've got, um, he's about 7,000 acres and I'm going, well, what are we looking at here? And he goes, system wasn't designed right. They've got another branch. That's another 7,000 acres. What's this? What's this one? This like, it wasn't engineered correctly. And I think I know where that ranch is. Uh, and then they go back to them and it's, you know, they're kind of trying to like, well, it's because this and that. And I, you know, great story. We had um, a grower out in the Gustine area. We're getting his imagery back and uh, keep looking at this, this consistent pattern of stress along the edge. So plenty of pressure on the main line okay. and we're just losing pressure as we get to the ends of the rows. Which is a fairly common thing. Okay. Maybe we're not flushing the lines enough. Maybe an acid treatment's needed, whatever. Um, so we talked about it. He's like, I'm going to go take a look. Uh, I'm at a golf tournament and guy from the irrigation design company comes up to me. He goes, Hey, you cost me 80 grand. I'm going, I don't know. What, what, what do you mean? What I do? He goes, well, you know, grower was looking at your imagery and we weren't getting this pressure. We went out and checked it and we actually didn't size down the pipe correctly on the main mm-hmm. line. And so you know, some of these irrigation companies, not central irrigation, some of these irrigation companies, it seems like um, it's quickly done. It's it's just the pipe gets out there, they go, it's in. And then, you know, there's not a ton of um, 
DU testing even once the system gets going. And I think growers get caught up, especially in young and early, you know, third, fourth leaf trees where it's a new system. They go, yeah, it's like the system's brand new. It should have no problems. Like, well, you know, you buy a brand new pickup, it doesn't run perfectly forever. You know, you do consistent maintenance checks. And I think just it's one of those things um, we also found early on my time with series was that guys didn't really know exactly how much or how well water was applied. And the thing for me, and I think we've talked about this and I talked with, with bonds about it as well is, um, you can do without every other input. I mean, you obviously you need your NPK and that, that helps things, but if you don't have water, you don't have nothing. So, um, that given some of the issues in California, especially now with Sigma and, uh, just, just surface water availability, we're getting back to that where guys are understanding like, Hey, I, I have a finite amount of water and I need to make sure that whatever amount I have is going out uniformly and where it needs to go and just can't afford to, to not be well, I think optimized. It's, it's going to be more critical. Do you, in your guys' company, are you guys Every year it's getting better. I, I've seen your guys' stuff. I know you guys do stuff for me and a, a lot of other people I know. I mean, you guys mapping, everything's just getting better. Your comments as far as, you know, your little emblems that you're saying, water, or this, mm-hmm. that. Are you guys getting even to the point where you guys are doing, um, looking at, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Water scheduling for people or even inputs by... Saying, hey, you guys probably should be looking at gypsum. We're, you know, we're we're making changes on the water, but the water's not going in. We're still seeing these areas. I mean, are you guys getting into that too, or is that something you guys are staying out of right now? Or? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're sort of we're somewhere in between. So as far as how much water to be applied, um, the the imagery is getting to the point where we can advise that a little bit more. Um, at least the imagery is is much more applicable to that. As far as you know, recommendations on you should put more jip on. There's some generalities yeah. that we can talk to about. And we had some successes with growers we work with where we go, Hey, you have X issue. And, you know, Doug and, and Josh over at DCB, they had a similar issue. They did this, you know, you know, maybe that's worth a shot. And we, uh, part of what we do a series is we'll loop in growers, CCAs, PCAs, um, um, uh, Anyone, you know, their areas, everyone that they're working with on these ranches to get everyone kind of working on this 360 approach to really look at, yeah, collaborative effort to, hey, this is what we're seeing from our end. What can we do about these issues? And yeah, guys have taken our imagery and done all kinds of interesting things, installing, you know, JIP uh, injection systems because we're just not getting the penetration or uh, altering irrigation scheduling and calibrating it that way. Um, we have some, some chlorophyll, uh, chlorophyll imagery that we provide this year. Um, been working on for the past couple of seasons. We're kind of measuring chloroplast density. So we're seeing, you know, how well is your fertility program across the board? You know, if, if most fertilization is done via fertigation. So mm-hmm. if we're seeing inefficiencies in the system, uh, whether it be the irrigation system, whether it be due to soil type, um, now we can measure, Hey, you know, you're probably pulling leaf samples from here, here, and here. Why don't we check some of these other areas that our imagery is, yep. is showing you to be deficient and guys are pulling soil and tissue samples from there and going, wow, like we're really deficient over here. And then because we have this imagery where we can actually quantify the affected acres and we could say literally like, all right, we're going to apply this product in just this area. And so it you know, helps growers use 
you know, in time where, you know, prices being where they are. Um, hey, if we can treat this specific area and get this back up to speed and not have to use this product across the, across mm-hmm. the board, you know, they're able to, you know, kind of variable rate apply for yep. lack of a better term. So it's. Do you, what, who do you really see grabbing onto it? Like, is there particular, I know a lot of the big farming companies. I know some of the guys you guys are doing it for. It doesn't surprise me. Um, what, what are you seeing from the, your farm managers? Do you, do you feel a uh, drawback from agronomists? Cause agronomists probably don't like you guys flying, mm-hmm. double checking mm-hmm. them. I could, I could see that being a conflict an irrigation company getting pissed off at you. Tell me the goods and bads where you've seen guys fall in love with it versus guys maybe not using it no more because of, you know, fake news, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're getting your manager. Ah, I don't want that no more because it's a, it's a warning shot, right? It's a, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, you're not doing your job. Yeah, we do, we definitely get some of that pushback. Um, sometimes you get it from the agronomist, the PCAs, occasionally the farm manager who's you know kind of doesn't want that that eye in the sky who's watching mm-hmm. over him, or the PCA who doesn't want potentially something he's missed exposed. And what I tell to those guys, like, hey man, this is just uh, again, I've been in farm management, family farm. Like, I get it; it's not an easy gig. And nor are we saying you should catch everything. <laughs> We'd like you to catch everything. Yeah. If you know, yeah. if, if you're not missing anything, I've got some acreage in the Modesto area. If, if uh, there's some agronomists out there who want to take a crack at it, but um, say, hey man, this is gonna this is a tool to help you do your job better. Yeah. If there is something out there that you're not seeing, there's no there's no bliss and ignorance, you know, to yeah. use that term. So if this could show you where you were struggling and quantify that and give you a direction of of where you need to go. Um, it's it's a phenomenal tool for that. So we get a little bit of pushback there. Um, we get some guys who who kind of say, "Well, I can't do much about that because of X Y Z constrict constraints and constrictions." But you know, when you really start peeling back that onion, realize it's just a okay. I need I, I need to prioritize this. Yeah. Um, as far as who I see really taking off of this, it's it's really all up and down. So we have. Obviously, we were working with some you know, some of the biggest growers in the state, um, which makes a ton of sense to most guys and say, oh, yeah, you're farming 10, 15, 20, 30,000 acres. Of course, you need that, yep. that eye in the sky. But we had a program uh, in San Joaquin County, uh, kind of that Lodi area where you know, the San Joaquin RCD subsidized this grant. And they basically said, hey, growers of all shapes and sizes, you know, try this product out for a you know, lower cost to them. And we had these like 20, 40 you know, 80 acre kind of weekend farmers who could really get down in there and have the time, like dial in, like go to each individual tree and unplug emitters and do these. It was really cool to see some of the things that these guys would do where literally this guy, this uh, vineyard grower up in um, Escalon area, there was this little triangle that we, of stress that we saw. And he's like, yeah, I just went out there and I put an extra hose of drip using the GPS tool on your guys' mobile app. Oh, and like cool. to see the the evolution of it, you're like, it's a, you know, a very micro approach to it. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yeah, you know, this, for, yeah. this makes sense for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grow this boutique, you know, wine grape. And yeah. so of course I want it to be as optimal as I can. So, you know, Growers of all shapes and sizes are getting value from, yeah. from the guy who just wants to make sure, hey, I got 25,000 acres. I can't look at it all. I want to make sure my guys are doing what they're doing to the 40-acre weekend farmer who's like, 
I can't afford to leave anything out on the table. And so I need to get every squeeze, every little bit I can out of this. No. Are you looking to improve yields and margins? Now you can with organic solutions produced from farm waste. Corrigan unravels plant structures into organic biomolecular solutions and soil amendments that help farmers increase yields and soil fertility while reducing chemical, fertilizer, and water use. The process is carbon negative and perhaps the most sustainable process on earth. For more information, reach out to Corrigan today at www.corrigan.co. So the next question, and I'm sure you get a lot of shit for this, is uh, they, you're looked at as a tech company, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I get all kinds of tech companies come by to us, and most of them we just throw right out the window because I don't really like computers that much anyways. But you guys are far from that, but yet I feel you guys are really locked in on that block. I, I, I feel like everybody looks at Series Imaging as a tech company, mm-hmm. you know, and so how do you beat that, you know, argument by people that say, oh, you know, I, I'm not really into that tech crap or whatever. It, how do you get through that challenge or mm-hmm. is it sometimes non-negotiable with farmers or, you know, it, what's your strategy with that? And to say, hey, we aren't that mm-hmm. or we have some of that and it, it's a value. I mean, what, what's been your challenge with that and how do you overcome that? I think, well, I mean, for the most part, I don't get it a ton just because, you know, within five minutes of having a conversation with a guy, we get to like my background. We understand like, Hey, I'm, I'm you, I'm the same, you know, and, and, and all the, actually, I mean, from the fee, uh, all the reps in the field, uh, all primarily come from farming backgrounds or from the Valley. So they understand that it's not this, you know, this tech company out of Israel and there's a guy flying out here every month to kind of run around and, and yeah. check his, not to throw those guys on the bus. They, you know, some of them do some really good work. Um, because what we do is so user friendly, it's not like you have to have some tech guy come in and walk your, hold your hand and walk you through what you're seeing. I've heard about that with some companies out there. We're like, yeah, they got me on the line with their tech team and, and their science side. And they did, you know, had to explain this and this. I mean, the imagery is very clear. You have this pattern out here in the field. It's 30% transpiring less effectively. Go out there, look at that. We don't, we also don't act like we're going to take the farming out of it. Like, Hey, we're going to get, here's the information. Here's the data. We will do our best to kind of help you pinpoint these areas, quantify these areas, measure these areas, but we're not taking the farming out of it. Um, we're not blowing smoke these guys and saying like, we're going to, you know, we're this, we're going to fix all your problems, which, which you hear about. You can't fix their problem. They have to fix it. You're yeah. a, you're the tool right. to, help, to, to help one matter, right? right? which is the most important, which is water. Right. We're a tool. We're yeah. a tool. We're not, uh, we're not a wave a magic wand and all your problems are fixed. And I think you see that. And I've seen it from coming from the farming background. I, would, I remember when I was with Martel, even at the family ranch where you have these tech companies come in and, and they're saying, I, I will guarantee you this ROI if you use this product and this is how, you know, this technology and this is how it works. And, and I'm going like, man, you, you clearly don't know anything about farming. If you're telling me like you have a hard ROI when you can't quantify, what if we get a bad frost? Is that going to, help me is your product still going to give me that ROI I guess well no because of the well okay you know like so you can't guarantee that so why are you doing that and I think that's a problem that some of the tech companies had and 
you know, I read an article not too long ago about how some of these ag tech companies have like two to three percent agricultural background amongst mm-hmm. their employees. Um, I don't know the, the exact percentage of ours, but I know everyone in the field has some sort of agricultural background. We have PCAs, CCAs, family farming. I've actually met one of your founders or owners, and he's a tech guy, but he's highly invested in farming. Mm-hmm. And he's actually brilliant in it. And it was um, on some ground in Arizona. I know he owns some ground in Oakdale. And mm-hmm. it was after listening to him, it was, you know, he put his money where his mouth is, right? You know, yeah. he's not just. Uh, he was a tech guy, brilliant tech guy, HDMI I guy, mm-hmm, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's highly vested in farming. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's it's a different. It's not an ownership group or a a team that is working out of Malaysia or mm-hmm. you know writing code, mm-hmm. right? It's and I think I think one of the cool things is is in my time with series and. When I started using the imagery, I think we were 15 employees. Back then, it was like, <laughs> we're going to try and fly you on Wednesday if we can get the acreage up. If not, it's like, you know, I call my uh, colleague and still at the company, Jenna Rodriguez, and I say, hey, Jenna, did we, that flight go up? Like, oh, the pilot's wife got sick and take her to the doctor. So we're going to try again tomorrow. And, you know, and now we're flying over, over a million unique acres year over year. I don't know what the, the tally for this year will be, but. Um, what's been interesting and watch all these employees come on. I think we're like 115, 120 or something wow. now. The, the biggest recurring theme I also see amongst the back end, the, the techies, mm-hmm. the people who do the processing energy is they are very, um, driven by sustainability and they're very, you know, eco-friendly. They want to yeah. help growers better utilize uh, their inputs and you know it's it's like this cool where they want to say like, hey I, I want the you know I want to do better by they're uh, the people that shop at Trader Joe's and you know oh uh, they shop at uh, I don't know Whole, Whole Foods, Foods on steroids yeah. you know they're all they're all uh, they stink they've they're been, kind of stinky people they've been stuck in their apartments uh, in, in the Bay Area for the last month or two but um, you know they they really want you know better better effective use of of input so it's not just this like bunch of tech people who are trying to trying to get rich it's people who want to help farmers knowing that especially in california it truly is the backbone of the economy the backbone of the state i mean you could talk about barrier tech obviously it's huge you can talk about the entertainment industry in la but you know that whole stretch of space between those two areas. Yeah. It's farming. Yeah. So it's, it's the, the cornucopia, the breadbasket of literally the world. I went, I went to China, um, 10 years ago. Uh, so maybe I was agent zero on the, on the, the virus, but, um, you know, going over there and seeing how, how, um, how much they valued California, products california almonds california cherries california produce and it would be you know labeled in huge big letters and seeing the you know the murata produce labels and it was just one that came to mind but seeing these you know you know grown in tracy california grown in fresno grown in madera grown in merced you're seeing these logos all around and you're going wow like 
I'm literally on the other side of the world yeah. and our products are here and they are so valuable. They value it more than we do. Um, maybe to some degree, yeah. I think you see that. Um, and it's conversations I have with people all the time and even some internal conversations. I think we've had some really great discussions internally with series of talking to me about, Hey, like what's this whole thing about almonds using 8 billion gallons of water per nut? It's like, well, it's not exactly how it shakes out. So there's been some great education of, of the people that work with series about really like how this works. Like we're not throwing out all these inputs just for, you know, just to do it. Yeah. I mean, we're using as little as we possibly can and trying to, I mean, if you look at some, I think there's a maybe a misconception of California agriculture, agriculture in general being poor you know, users of uh, inputs. But I mean, you look at where we went from flood irrigation to drip irrigation and now this, some of this dip, deep root irrigation and like, we're pretty good at, at using as little as we can at conserving. Farmers yeah. are the biggest conservatives. Yeah. I mean, there's, and you know, that whole stewardship of the land thing, you know, that um, some of the ground that we farm on, like where our dairy has been the family for 60, 70 years. I don't want to deplete any of that ground to the point where my daughter won't be able to see it and her kids won't be able to see it. So None of us are out there trying to destroy the ground. We want to, you know, keep it fertile and, and as vigorous as we can for as yeah. long as we can. So this was a lot of fun, but how do we get in contact with you, man? How do series or you or yeah, um, seriesimaging.net is our website. That's a quick, easy spot to go to. Uh, contact me directly two zero nine four nine five six five seven nine Matt Ribeiro. Um, uh, get you in contact with uh, whichever one of our uh, guys in the field who can help you out the most. Um, we go from Napa to the Grapevine down into, you know, depending on where you're at, Coachella Valley, the Pacific Northwest, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. If you're got corn and grain out in the Midwest, we're out there. And if there's any growers in Australia checking this out, uh, we have an operation out there as well. Wow. So, um, Either, yeah, check out our website or give me a call and I'll, I'll point you in the right direction if we need to talk to. Well, we call this the toast, so let's toast. I know right. you're having an 805 and I'm having a Heineken because we ran out 805. Yeah. So cheers to you, cheers. my friend. Thank you for having us. Appreciate you it. Bet. Thank you, Matt. Thank you.